And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. It's Hogan Johns. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin for a month. I would be honored if you played football for this team. The football gods are always on the Bears' shoulder. Go Bears! Boy, that escalated quickly. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. Are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect? Is Jordan Love bad? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. There's some good signs there. It's okay to be excited. It's The Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you on a busy Tuesday morning. Got Jordan McCaskey picking dudes up at the airport. I can't even get my wife to pick me up at the airport. <laughs> but George is going because to... you moved too far. Yeah, well, we live five minutes away. She wasn't picking me up either. <laughs> well, then take take a That's cab. another story, my friend. Yeah, take an Uber. Which Uber drivers hate that, by the way. Oh, they hate that when when uh, you live close to the airport. Then they gotta. The cab drivers especially hate it, though. Did you they see Pat like, Finley calling George McCaskey an Uber driver on Twitter this morning? Well, is he wrong? Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? But yes, if you have not seen the video, before Adam goes through the rundown, George McCaskey has picked up Ryan Poles at... O'Hare Airport, I think it was sometime late last night. Yep. And we have our first finalist in town for the general manager position. And I would call Ryan Poles the the favorite at this point. Yeah, I think the question is, uh, as we get into this, will it, this thing be over by the end of today? Uh, welcome in. We'll talk about it here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Of course, you should be following us for more info on uh, what's going on with these searches and what kind of updates we get today, quite frankly, as you listen to this. Uh, and of course, you can listen to this podcast everywhere. Subscribe, Hogan Johns on YouTube as well. You can watch us, youtube.com. Just find the Hogan Johns. And I recommend you, um, the Hogan Johns channel, hit subscribe, but also hit that notification button to find out when we go live because when this thing gets settled, we probably will go live to talk about it. Um, so be ready for that. And, uh, of course, you can find all of our merchandise on ObviousShirts.com as well. Uh, we appreciate all the support there. All right, so we're mostly having fun with this George McCaskey picking uh, Ryan Poles up at the airport. I mean, there wasn't I mean, there It, it the, actually uh, happened, but I actually like the personal touch of it. But Well, what was the photo? Was it John Fox and Ryan Pace walking through the airport? John Fox and Ryan Pace walking through the airport, yeah. Seven years ago. So it's not like that crazy. It, it's. I think the image of George McCaskey in his Bears letterman jacket with a Bears mask, like not exactly incognito. 
uh, picking him up. <laughs> and then the, the sign that he holds up, which is just funny. He even has a sign. Like, George, I think when Ryan comes down the escalator and he sees you there, like, he probably knows who you are. I would hope so. But the sign with his hometown on it instead of polls, it was... But that's that's the George McCaskey touch. That makes okay. him endearing to some. You know, others will roll their eyes at it, but that's George McCaskey. Look, let me say this. I have no problem with the George McCaskey touch, all right? It's it's a nice moment. Um a little bit more of an impressive touch to me is when Nathaniel Hackett gets a private jet to Denver and the entire uh, search party is greeting him with a van right next to the stairs of the plane at the tarmac to whisk him away. And they're not walking through baggage claim at the worst airport in America, <laughs> O'Hare. All right. Yeah, O'Hare's just... not that bad. I've been in a lot worse airports. O'Hare sucks. You have to walk off. forever. Every other airport will at least give you like the wa- the moving walkways. They used to the, have those in O'Hare. <laughs> with the old guy standing on the left instead of the right in your way. Yeah, and, and then they're all stuck. Um, wasn't it, Matt, they, they did use a private jet for Ryan Pace's search. They went from town to town to town. Well, and, they used it to get around, yeah. Yes, and they brought the entire Nagy family with them from Kansas City to Executive Airport in Wheeling. Remember those videos? Yeah, the stories about the first conversation about Trey Burton and whatnot that happened on that private jet that the Bears used in when was that 2018? They're all running together right now. But yes, I, I don't remember. I don't recall stories about how Mark Trestman and Bruce Arians got into town, but both of them were in town for their final interviews. As the story goes, Bruce Arians was at a hotel when Mark Trestman was hired, but. They actually made them take the Amtrak uh, and had they had to jump out of the Amtrak as it passed Hallis Hall. Yeah. Uh, you're mean. You're mean. <laughs> Not me. I'm just, just fun. Um, all right. So what does this mean? Ryan Poles is here. Here's the situation as we lay it out. Um, Ryan Poles has already been a finalist in New York with the Giants. They ended up going with Joe Shane from Buffalo, so he didn't get that job. He is also a finalist in Minnesota right now. He is scheduled to interview for a second time with the Vikings tomorrow in Minneapolis. All right. So before that, he and by the way, the final the Vikings figured out their finalists like a few days ago now. Like there's been like a waiting period here. Much different search than the Bears. And well, but also from my understanding is, um, polls wanted to talk to the Bears first for a second time, and I think, I think, and this is not necessarily going on a, on a limb. I think he prefers the Bears quarterback situation to what the Vikings have going on there. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. But if that is the case. John's so you have him in your building today like literally as we're recording this he's at house hall his first interview was over zoom so this is his first time at house hall he's getting a tour of the new digs that Ryan Pace built um and you know Ryan Pace got him the building and the quarterback and all this stuff and it's probably looking pretty good (laughs) better write him a thank you letter (laughs) yeah right um you know and they don't even have to change much I think maybe they already changed like the ACE on the on his office to OLES you know, they don't have to cross it off. 
Yeah, you know, just put like some duct tape over it and some and a sharpie to change the uh, the last. Look, because part of this is now the pitch to Ryan pulls right. If if they're really in a competition here with the Vikings, right? Now with a division ha- rival. Yes. Now you have to sell yourselves a little bit. So to your point about only having George McCaskey show up at O'Hare, okay, maybe not the the best start. I disagree. It is what it is, but. That building. That a, by the way, I'm joking about all that. Okay, I, okay. I, I think the pre, if I'm being serious about anything, it's um, I, I I think it's cool that George picked him up. I I think it's more so like the, you know, having to fly United Airlines or whatever to get there, not a private jet. And other teams are doing that. Like I I don't want to make too big of a deal out of it, but that stuff does make a difference. Yeah. I mean. It, but it's probably not that big of a deal. Hopefully, they, hopefully so, they got him a first class seat. I don't know if he was a coach or not. I hope so. Well, it yeah. Depends if it was available. <laughs> well, well, how about this? So then you you, you start with that, but then you walk in the house. And we're not overselling this, everybody, by any means. That building is immaculate right now. This yeah. the, the the amount of work and effort and just how different it was from the first time that we walked in there. When Lovey Smith was still the head coach, till now, you have more practice fields. You have different buildings that didn't exist. You have a weight room that has tripled in size. It's just a modern facility that all GMs would covet. So I'm sure that's a huge selling point to Ryan Poles right now if he's trying to decide between the Bears and the Vikings. Well, I'm going to throw this. I just saw this tweet from the, the Catman. He said that the guy... Who, so, by the way, this video came from a guy named Eric Bone. I hope I'm saying his name right. Bon, um, who's a real estate agent in the area. Apparently, he called in the cap show today. Nice. And he said, I even saw George pick up Ryan's bag from baggage claim. So, there you go. Um, let's talk about the situation, though. Like, for, for real, the, the seriousness of this. So, the Bears have been going through this very meticulous thorough search you know whatever happens here when they're hiring a new gm in five or six years uh we can't say that they didn't do their due diligence you know they cast a wide net they've talked to all these people are they going to insist because this has been their plan this is what they've been doing are they really going to be able to say all right this is our guy here's a contract today or are they going to say uh, we got to stick to our plan. We have to talk to the other finalists, you know, who are reportedly Elliot Wolf uh, and um, Monty Ossenford from the Titans, and then maybe Morocco Brown from the Colts. Or are they going to shift from what they've been doing and say, "Nope, this is our guy. We can't let him get on a plane to Minnesota." If all goes well this morning, and you break f- for lunch. And you come back in the in the afternoon, and you feel great about what's going on. Then you don't let him leave the building. You don't let him leave the city. Maybe you ask him to stay overnight and come back the next day. Like, but if if you have that to use Ryan Pace buzzwords, that that type of conviction, don't let him leave. Don't let him leave. You've interviewed thirteen GM candidates. You have a lot of information on your hands. I would say that's probably still beneficial to maybe talk to an Elliot Wolf from Morocco Brown again. You have to be sure about this. 
Now that said, if all goes well this morning with Ryan Poles, then just do it. If you how feel that you, strongly about it, just do it. How much do you think... I'm kind of ask, asking you a question I think I kind of already know some of the answer to, but how much do you think today is not just... I'm sure they're talking about a lot of different stuff, but not just a, hey, who are the guys you'd want to hire as a head coach, but actually... Like more serious than that. Like, can like, we make this come to actual fruition? Yeah, like forget yeah. your list of candidates. Let's let's lay the groundwork for actual staff hires beyond your head coach. Yeah, I think that that's probably some of what's going on. I think that's kind of what's been going on from the start. To be honest, I know there's been some criticism about. Uh, you know, doing these interviews simultaneously, concurrently, and because there is a difference. I mean, the, the the Vikings have not, they've interviewed the guys they've kind of needed to interview because some of the rules with the playoffs dictate when you can interview people, but they have been much more, it seems like, focused on the GM first before going down that road. Um, I think the Bears have been trying to thread that needle and they do want to hire the GM first. They probably are going to hire the GM first here. But they've also been trying to come up with a pairing the whole time. Um, and as I'm okay with that, Johns, as long as that pairing isn't forced, right? Like 2015. Like as long as as you've gotten to this point, um, you still let the guy hire the coach he wants to, co- to hire. That makes sense. They better do that. Yeah. Like 100% absolutely better do better do that. It cannot be the same situation as 2015. Take Bill right. Polian's list and throw it out and go with Ryan Poles. Well, with Ryan Poles in the building, we need to learn more about Ryan Poles. We've been giving you insight on all these candidates the Bears have been talking to. So we're doing that again today. Nate Taylor covers the Chiefs in Kansas City. He's juggling uh, you know, another potential Super Bowl run here, but kind enough to join us today to give us the scoop on Ryan Poles, and he knows a lot about the guy. So here he is, Nate Taylor. All right, for more on Ryan Poles, we go to our guy, Nate Taylor, who covers the Chiefs for the Athletic. Nate, thanks so much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a pleasure, fellas. Um, thanks for having me. And yeah, it's uh it's interesting being on this side where I've been covering the Chiefs for almost five years now, um, and people are are getting to learn a little bit more about Ryan Poles. So I'm happy to help in this way. First question, Nate, is Ryan Poles the type of guy? that when he arrives at O'Hare Airport and sees the Bears owner wearing a Bears letterman jacket, wearing a Bears mask, holding a sign with his hometown on it, mm-hmm. does that, like, does he like that? Is is that endearing to him? Just, what do you or, think? Or Ryan is Poles he wondering thinks? where the private jet is? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, now, Why did I just have to fly coach on United Airlines to get here? Um. That is a fascinating question. Look, I, I've gotten to chat with with Ryan quite a bit. Uh, he he is a he is a really um, I would say well organized. Um, but I think there's he has a fun side to him, so maybe he sees the the fun of it. Um, you know, obviously he's he's super excited for the opportunity. But that would be 
quite a contrast from Clark Hunt, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, who is very business casual at best um, whenever we see him. Because uh, Clark Hunt, of course, is the son of Lamar Hunt, one of the uh, you know generational founders of the AFL and obviously the NFL. So um, it would be quite the introduction um, but I'm sure Ryan knows how how interesting an opportunity this is to sort of uh, get the Bears sort of back on track if he is to be offered the, the general manager position. So what are some of like the biggest things we should know about him? I mean, he's he's 36, so he's still, you know, really young in terms of uh, NFL GMs. The Bears have been down this road before when they hired Ryan Pace. He was 37. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know, whatever you can tell us about his background, he's been with the Chiefs for 13 years, but he's also worked for a number of different bosses with the Chiefs in that time. So he may have a little bit more football diversity, for lack of a better term, than than um, like Ryan Pace worked for Mickey Loomis basically the whole time. And, mm-hmm. and there wasn't much. It was kind of the system that they ran the whole time. Yeah, uh, no, that, that's a great point. Um, so. The way I would explain Ryan Poles is he's a former player, so he used to pass protect for Matt Ryan when they were college teammates at Boston College. Uh, and Ryan Poles has really worked his way through scouting and the draft process. Um, and now he's, um, in essence, the executive director of player personnel. So now he works both on the uh, pro football side and obviously uh, college scouting and getting prepared and developing um, you know, a draft board uh strategy in terms of how you acquire players in the draft. Now, I think in recent years, he's gotten more and more involved or more and more responsibility with Brett Veach, the general manager here, and Mike Berganzi, the uh, director of, of, of pro football operations, for how the team is going to um, continue to add talent around the Chiefs roster in free agency and or trades. So um, for for Ryan, it's a case of, um, he has the player perspective really well. Um, he understands what it takes to sort of build uh, a championship roster and and try to do it in an adequate, um, reasonable manner. Because I think for anybody who's going to become a general manager for the first time, yes, the everybody understands the salary cap. Everybody has a general idea of that. Um, but you're coming into a new situation. And obviously this isn't apples to apples. Um, you're more going from like oranges to like... You know, it could be a pineapple if you go to another team and their situation is obviously different. Now, I think for the Bears, there's there's a lot of interest in polls, perhaps because uh, just like anyone would see, uh, Ryan Poles was a part of the group that scouted, anticipated, and then, of course, was aggressive and bold enough. Uh, to go acquire Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 draft, moving 17 spots up in the first round. Um, Ryan Poles worked alongside Brett Veach, and at the time, the general manager of the team was John Dorsey. And, and that kind of speaks to your, um, your, 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 your mention earlier about Ryan just working with, with different general managers, different styles of how to, to roster build. Um, but I, I really get the sense that Ryan wants to build, like if he, if he becomes a general manager of the Bears, Everybody knows it's an, it's a it's a pretty easy job, like to say it. Just build around Justin Fields, keep the defense competent, improve it slightly if you if you can, um, but really work well with the coaches uh, that are going to be alongside you. That's harder 
to do than actually for me to say it out loud. But um, at least he knows that when he's been with the Chiefs, they've drafted pretty well uh, compared to other teams in the league, which is why the Chiefs are, you know, obviously a, a perennial contender right now for the Super Bowl. So a lot of it will be his work through the draft and then understanding how he feels like he can incorporate uh, his philosophy, his style to the coaching staff so that there's true symmetry there, um, which is what if you look at any you know NFL uh, franchise that's won consistently over over the history of the league, uh, you need that synergy to to sustain um, excellence beyond just one or two years. Are, are there some general philosophies that they come with working for with Andy Reid for so long? I, I think you look at the Chiefs and you see speed, like yep. lots of speed, like all over the field. So over, I'm just curious, yep. yeah, like stuff he's bringing from Andy Reid or, or just. Again, all like Brett Veach, but like maybe yeah, I just stick with the Andy Reid here for like, <laughs> like, like, because he's he's such a. I imagine he's just a strong influence there. Like, what are some of the philosophies you think Ryan Poles is bringing with him that are from Andy Reid Street? A lot of it is um, having the ability to see the talent, but truly understanding that the person is willing and capable of developing once they get into the NFL. Uh, so much of my conversations with Ryan have been not about necessarily finished products, but about really seeing something in a player and just knowing that they'll fit, you know, a coach's system or a team's overall um, roster building sort of identity. And obviously with the Chiefs, it's it's speed, it's high end talent, um, but there's a willingness for those players to learn and develop. And so uh, no one will love this, uh, but it's like really nerdy football. I mean, the reason why the Chiefs are successful is because not only do they have Patrick Mahomes and not only do they have a coach that can accentuate his abilities at a really high level, but there are guys like Rashad Fenton. And I don't know if Bears fans know who that is. I'm, I'm going to name some players, basically. But Rashad Fenton was a, was a late-round draft pick. I believe he was taken in the sixth round. Uh, Nick Allegretti, uh, who was a guard who can kind of be interchangeable at center. Um, he's a backup this year, but he, he played a lot over the last two years. Um, he was taken late in the draft. Uh, there are guys like Noah Gray that I think Ryan Poles is really high on because he's starting to become the backup to Travis Kelsey, but he has a skill set similar to Travis Kelsey, although he will probably never be Travis Kelsey. But there's a willingness for those players to be coachable, to develop, uh, to have sort of an ascent as they're entering the league versus like just taking somebody in the third round that isn't going to improve. And I, I think that's something that uh, the Chiefs have been very, um, very quick to identify. And, that, and that's clearly coming from Andy Reid in his time in Philadelphia, where he had both control of the roster uh, from a coaching standpoint and as the sort of person that makes the the, yeah. the the last call on on what to do with the with the roster from just just building it through the draft, free agency, or whatever. Um, obviously, I think Ryan, similar to Brett Veach, the general manager now, the Chiefs, they've learned through Andy how do we structure contracts? How do we get guys to understand both the immediate of what this upcoming season is when we're negotiating, but can also see like, hey, this is our plan for you in year two, year three of the deal, or if it's a one-year deal, here's how we're going to set you up to make sure that you're going to have chances to either stay with us uh, and, and continue to be a part of the Chiefs program, or uh, your career won't stop the moment you, <laughs> you stop playing for us. Um, and so I, I get the sense that there's 
like teams have to do well in all rounds of the draft, not just the first or second round. Like that's where I think the common fan um, sort of, you know, doesn't put enough emphasis on where I feel like Ryan Poles and, and, and guys who are trying to uh, earn these general manager jobs, like they, you have to find success in every round of the draft. You have to find success in obviously the undrafted guys. Um, and so I know there's been times where Ryan has talked to an undrafted free agent um, and has handed the phone to Andy Reid. And their messages align, and that helps the Chiefs maybe get that that person that you maybe could have taken in the sixth round. Um, but now you're getting them, in essence, in the eighth round, which is when the seventh round occurs in the NFL draft, I always tell people. Um, and that player might help you in October or November as they sort of progress uh, through their undrafted rookie season. Um, everybody, I think, in Kansas City is really fascinated by the idea that uh, Ryan Poles really scouted Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, uh, because yes, he was a former offensive lineman. Um, and the the Chiefs' biggest, <laughs> their biggest obstacle, their biggest mission this past offseason was to protect Patrick Mahomes to not become the Indianapolis Colts with Andrew Luck, for instance. So um, Ryan Poles understood the mentality of Trey Smith, but understood that he could also get better, even though he was uh, entering college as pretty much the top recruit uh, of his class. And Trey Smith has played every snap of every offensive play this season for the Chiefs as a six-round draft pick. And Creed Humphrey is one of the best rookies in all of the league, and they took him in the second round um, and understanding that most teams were not prioritizing centers. So in the Chiefs' eyes, Creed Humphrey was a top second-round, late first-round grade, but they got him in the middle to late second round. Um, so that gives you an, an, an insight, I hope, into, into Ryan Poles and sort of his influence, his his part of this puzzle in the Chiefs front office. But, yeah, a lot of that comes from Andy Reid. Can the player come in and continue to get better? Uh, because if it's a first-round pick, that's great, but we also need those guys in the late rounds to get better as they enter the league, as they get proper coaching um and as we understand that we can translate all those things to a, to a higher level of football. So, Nate, one of the things I'm trying to figure out, though, because um, I'm not going to lie, here in Chicago, there's a little bit of Andy Reid fatigue, I think, after oh, no. uh, <laughs> four, four years of Matt Nagy trying to uh, do what the Chiefs do with the zero of the talent that the Chiefs have. Um, so where I'm going with this, if they hire a GM from the Chiefs, yes, is Ryan Poles going to come in here and want to, I don't know, just totally hypothetically, I've heard Mike Kafka's contract is up. Is that who mm. they target as an OC? Mm. And do they try to run it back with a similar offensive style? Or, I mean, I don't, maybe you don't even know the answer to that. I'm just trying to figure that out because I think that that's something uh, Bears fans might roll their eyes at, unless he could be the magic guy that brings in all that talent that the Bears have lacked over the last four years. Correct. Uh, and isn't that the question? I hope if you're a Bears fan, that is being asked to Ryan Poles specifically. And I'm sure he has a very detailed answer. Uh, but you're you're on it. Um, everybody in the league is kind of in a tizzy about Mike Kafka, the quarterback's coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid, this past coaching cycle, uh, had to give him a, a pass game coordinator title uh, because it was very clear that uh, can you please stay one more year? Because like we're, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, and if Eric Bieniemy, which has kind of held some of this up, if Eric Bieniemy uh, does not, you know, 
get offered and accept a head coaching opportunity in this coaching cycle um, with with Mike Kafka's contract situation the way it is, um, it is it is definitely in play. So if you you know if we, we want to go hypothetical, if you if you hire Ryan Poles, um, and he can tell the owner, I've seen Mike Kafka work daily with Patrick Mahomes, and yes, is Justin Fields as talented as Patrick Mahomes? That's asking a lot, but he's he's in the same ballpark. He's in the same neighborhood. So let's get Mike Kafka to stretch this talent as far as it can take us. And we can give him the offensive coordinator. And his play calling might be slightly different than Matt Nagy's. It will be different from Andy Reid's. Now, uh, there will be principles that are similar. uh, But I think Mike Kafka um, can go to any interview whenever the chief season ends and basically say, like, did you see how my quarterback got better despite everyone preventing him from throwing the ball deep? Like, so there's a way for Ryan Poles to sort of, um, and I I think the situation in Minnesota is, is fascinating too, fellas, just as a quick side note here. Um, Isn't it crazy that like two NFC North teams are like, (laughs) this Ryan Poles guy's pretty good. Like he could, he could be young. He could be energetic. He could add some enthusiasm. He could connect to players at a at maybe a better level because he's you know he's 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 he understands uh, he understands them from a, a number of different you know facets. And the Minnesota Vikings are like, well, Ryan Poles. <laughs> no, go back to the, ch- change that voice inflection again. Mike That's good. Kafka. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we like, you know, it's uh, hey, are you comfortable with that? As a rival in the division, I don't yeah. know, but but to 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 finish the the original point, um, I get the sense that Ryan Poles will tell uh, the Bears that you have to have talent, and I think one of the missions for the Bears is can we find someone comparable to what Travis Kelsey can be for Justin Fields. Um, and the reason I mentioned Travis Kelsey is because Ryan Poles loves Travis Kelsey. Um, and that goes back to learning from Andy Reid and the idea of giving players a second chance, giving them the opportunity to have some form of redemption. Uh, if, if Bears fans aren't familiar, Travis Kelsey was uh, kicked off his team in college at Cincinnati. Uh, he was then brought back on for uh, he was kicked off because of testing positive for marijuana multiple times. He was brought on, uh, switched to tight end, of course. And then the Chiefs, with a third-round pick, kind of went like very high gamble and just said, "Can you, you know, you're you're new to the position, but we see the talent. Let us develop you." Um, and so, obviously, Travis Kelsey is one of the greatest tight ends to ever play this game. Uh, but the reason Patrick Mahomes is very good is because he has Travis Kelsey, and and I just wonder, uh, from his standpoint, that's building through the draft, that's investing in a player that you can see clear growth and that's being really meticulous and trusting your head coach to, to, to do it the right way um, to make sure that that player continues to get better over the course of his rookie contract. And hopefully uh, when you, when that, when you sign that player to their, to their extension. So um, it's, it's so fascinating to talk about all this guys because he's so young and he might be ahead of schedule that being Ryan Poles. Um, 
but you know that he's got a pretty good track record background and, and real mentorship uh, from Andy Reid, Brett Veach, uh, you know, even even someone like Chris Ballard comes to mind because obviously they all worked together. I, I, there was a time, fellas, where Ryan Poles was in the same room as John Dorsey, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Mike Berganzi, and Chris Ballard. So uh, he went through quite an apprenticeship to to be able to to be in position to to be a finalist for for some of these jobs. You had Adam Hogue there when you said Chris Ballard, so that's that's all he needed. <laughs> to hear. I lo- I, and look, I love I love Chris Ballard. I um, you know uh, there was a there were times where between Chris and Brett Veach that they would watch every Patrick Mahomes game during his junior season in person and then try not to like gleefully tell everybody about this about Patrick Mahomes. So um you know they all they all understand um what it takes to be successful but I think Chris Ballard what he's done in Indianapolis competent managing of the cap having the team be competitive it's unfortunate that he didn't make the playoffs this year mostly because their quarterback sort of had very high and low fluctuation points. Um but Chris Ballard's really good at this. Uh and so if the Andy Reid coaching tree has not been as fruitful as some would have hoped or would have anticipated, uh, there there is some fruit starting to be developed um, from the general manager executive standpoint. Well, one more for you. Um, so the Bears have these head coaching finalists at, at the same time that Ryan Poles is in town. So I'm curious, how do you think he'd feel about it? Like He's been connected to Dan Quinn a little bit, but then you have Jim Caldwell, who's been out of the league for a couple of years, and you mm-hmm. got Matt Eberflus, who's got the connection to Chris Ballard yep. as the Colts defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, it's I'm, I'm thinking about it as, in terms of pairing. Um, Caldwell is fascinating to me because, obviously, he's, uh, you know, he was with Detroit. Uh, it was the most competent Detroit has ever been in the division, uh, at least since I've been alive, like since the post Agreed. No, agreed. <laughs> Since the post Barry Sanders childhood, I've seen a lot of Lions games. Agreed, but, but they were still nine and seven, right? You know what I mean? And, like they have right. one good year. I think they went eleven and five the one and, year. And we've we've seen the Lions like not win games like entire seasons. So nine and I know, seven. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's tough. So I, I think it's either a Caldwell or Eberfuse sort of uh, pairing is where I would is where I would go here. Um, but of course. It would be great if they could do Matt with Ryan and you could slide in Mike Kafka, right? Yeah. That way you get the great balance of defense and offense, but all three men are willing to communicate with one another. They're all pretty, um, you know, fairly, again, fairly young in their careers. Uh, they've all had success, but like, I think they could have, I, I, I think that would probably be the most on balance, um, but they, you know, they'd all be doing it for the first time too. I'm also mindful of that. Like, you know, they first time head coach, first time general manager, first time fully fledged offensive coordinator, <laughs> and, and 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 Matt, uh, excuse me, and Mike Kafka. So um, Caldwell will be perhaps the more safer option. Um, and I just want to remind Bears fans of that. Like sometimes it's okay to be safe. The Kansas City Chiefs made a safe decision in 2013. They were like, Andy Reid's available. We know he's good. Just go get him. Now, I understand that Bears fans are saying, well, there's really no no one like Andy Reid, and that's true. But uh, 
people tend to forget how he was viewed in that 2012 season, in that 2013 season. Um, so I, I think Ryan would again more focus on what's the talent around Justin Fields right now. Uh, how do I sort of add pieces to that defense? And where can I bring my philosophy in terms of how I've scouted this upcoming class to inject some energy, some speed, some some tenacity um, in, into the Bears roster that's already there? Uh, but when you're doing it with a head coach, you, you're going to have to say, who do you want? And then let's find the best way to go acquire those players. And uh, that comes to trust. And at least Andy Reid trusts everybody in his in his in his organization, in his football operations, um, to where it's not just him superseding or making the call uh, to go against, you know, what the overall consensus thought is in the room. Um, that's something that obviously we don't know if you pair polls with a potential first-time head coach or what would be classified as a retread when sometimes, you know, re- just like anything, it, it could go either way. All right, well, I've been trying to bring Mike Kafka back home since he was a GA at Northwestern. So if this gets it done, sign me up. I should probably get 3% at this point. I mean, why not? Yeah. I I mean, why not? Uh, Yeah, Mike Kafka understands protections, deep routes, but the chief short yardage game is where I think the Bears are probably like, if you could just cut, if if Mike Kafka or Ryan Pose or whoever could just cut up, here are all the short yardage plays which was kind of an issue in the Matt Nagy era. Uh, well, nobody like, ran hitches like Matt Nagy. I mean, come on. <laughs> Here's how we keep the ball in short yardage situations or score touchdowns. Look at all this creativity. Wait, wait, what's a touchdown? Well, yeah, what, what are those? It's 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 when that, that, that oblong thing somehow finds its way into the painted area of the field. Uh, Nate, (laughs) we appreciate the time, man. Uh, Really good insight on Ryan Poles. We'll see where this thing goes. And uh, congratulations on covering a team that's still in the playoffs this time every year. That game was awesome the other night. Yeah, that was awesome. That was unbelievable. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. I'm I'm still trying to uh, wrap my mind around it as well. Um, But it's always great talking about roster building and, and how a franchise may move in a different direction. And Ryan Poles is a general manager. It just hasn't happened yet. So whether it happens this season or two seasons from now or whatever the, the, the sort of cycle is, um, everybody in the league has quietly started to understand he's he's pretty good in the interview. He's got clear beliefs. Uh, he's got some conviction. And, and now uh, I'm just looking forward to not just talking to him before games or in training camp, but to actually see what his moves are, what his thought process is, how he sort of makes the decisions with whatever team um, – that will eventually hire him. Absolutely. All right. Follow cool. him on Twitter at by Nate Taylor, uh, which you should be doing with the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and potentially going to another Super Bowl. There he is, Nate Taylor. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nate. Thank you, fellas. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, well, great stuff from from Nate there. Um, I do have a little bit of a quibble. I, I, I think... Andy Reid and Jim Caldwell are a little different in terms of their credentials at this point. Like I realize when Andy got fired in Philly, like the nostalgia had worn off, but he was a very, very successful coach who like consistently had winning seasons. Um, I, I don't know. I would call him the safe hire. I think I would call him the obvious hire for the Chiefs at that point. And I don't know that that guy exists right now in the bear search. I don't think it exists at all. So I think that that's just... I also wouldn't be able to get over the idea that hiring Jim Caldwell isn't Bill Polian's doing. Like it, 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 it would strike me as more than advice, right? Yes. Like it, there's just way too many connections there, and it's been obvious from the start. But I, I'm I, also struggling with the idea that you're hiring a 36. Just you're bringing Ryan Poles in, this hot candidate from Kansas City, where they've been doing all this stuff to let you know. Jim Caldwell just doesn't seem like the guy you hire. There's like a 30-year age difference. 30 years. So I just, I don't know. But there are some other candidates too. So there's, there's we, I want to know about what Caldwell can still do. Um, Dan Quinn, Eberflus, some, you know, we'll get into Dan Ball a little bit too. Um, and our guy to talk about this schematically and what these guys can still do offensively, defensively, whichever direction the Bears go. We go from one Nate to another Nate. Our guy, Nate Tice. All right, well, with uh, two Adams and two Nates on this podcast, we move from Nate Taylor to Nate Tice. Uh, and, you know, kind of like the Bears, the way the Bears might be moving from Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles. Hey. That's the hey symmetry. <laughs> yeah, the double name show. That's perfect. <laughs> no, I. it was funny, actually, when I came in and sat in the green room when you were wrapping up with Nate Taylor. Uh, you guys were going, Nate, Nate. And I'm like, I'm 
getting the Zoom. I'm, oh, God, what, what, what did I miss? Am I late? And I realized that there was another Nate talking right now. But no, thanks again for having me on, guys. Well, follow him on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. Uh, he also uh, is, does a great job with Robert Mays on the Athletic Football Show, which you should be listening to. You guys have been pumping out episodes like crazy during the playoffs. So, um, so much information that you should be uh, checking out from Nate. And, of course, on his Twitter account at Nate underscore Tice. Uh, and, of course, he's been here on the podcast many, many times. All right. So we're trying to figure out where the Bears might be going from here. Um, they've been simultaneously doing these head coach interviews with the GMs. It certainly seems like as we're recording today on Tuesday morning that Ryan Poles is probably the leader or the favorite right now in this thing. We'll see, you know, we'll see this could be hourly, uh, something that changes or gets finalized. Um, what we want to talk to you about more is, I guess, probably mostly how Justin Fields could potentially fit in all this. And we know of a few head coaching finalists. Dan Quinn, Jim Caldwell, uh, Matt Eberflus. So um, I don't know where where should we let's let's start where with what we were talking about with Nate Taylor and kind of transition from that because we've been talking about this idea that whoever the head coach is, they could potentially bring Mike Kafka from Kansas City, where he would have probably in this situation. Well, like let's say if they hired Dan Quinn, he would have like full autonomy of the offense, probably call the plays. And yet the Bears wouldn't have the same horses that the Chiefs have. How do you think that that could all potentially work? Or are we just going down the same road the Bears have been going down for the last four years? A little bit of the same road. That's a little (laughs) scary to be thinking, oh, we're going to copy the Mahomes offense again, the Andy Reid Mahomes offense. Um, I also think that the last couple of years of this Chiefs offense, they've had to evolve, especially this year with what they have had to run maybe a few years ago after Nagy uh, and what the Chiefs were doing then. It's every year they add some stuff because of what defenses are doing to them. That's maybe more translatable to any type of skill set in the offense, but it, that offense is a lot better when you have Travis Kelsey that could be your X receiver. And so you can just do a whole lot, not even just counting Mahomes, but just the receiving talent that they have there. That's how they're able to do all the formation stuff. But I'm not like opposed. It's not an offensive coordinator from the Jaguars last year or, you know, the Seahawks or something of that sort where it's like a struggling offense. You don't know what the identity is. At least they have an identity. At least they have creativity with Kafka. It's a little bit of the same road, though, a little bit. Uh, but it's kind of interesting what direction what, uh, it's every time I come to the show, it's just, it's so Justin Fields oriented. So it's great. It's just, I, I just feel like this is my chapters every time on the show. It's just like, okay, chapter six <laughs> of Justin Fields discussion, but with, with fields, it's what worries me about that offense is a lot. It's very quick. If that makes sense. It, it's the underneath stuff, the RPOs that they do because Mahomes can throw like Gumby. Justin Fields is a ball pusher. You want his offense to be vertical. You want to be play action. You want to be deep, 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 deep down the field, which the Chiefs have sprinkled in more and more the last couple of years, which is that's where, okay, that's intriguing. The scary part would be, okay, we're going to do all the RPO stuff and quick slants and quick game, which I don't think is Justin Fields' strength, which isn't a bad thing. It's awesome that he can push the ball, but you need a run game if you want to balance it without a quick game. So it's just, I, I don't know. You don't know if this guy gets in here and he has all these kind of newer ideas. I always felt like Nagy was just copying what Andy Reid was doing the previous week when you watched his stuff, for better or for worse. So I, I think maybe he would have a sprinkled in a few more ideas. But yeah, that's that's just funny that it's just, again, we're going to the same well, <laughs> potentially for the offensive yeah. side. 
Before we get to some of those finalists, like how an Eberflus or a Quinn would maybe have an influence yeah. over a young offensive coordinator, calf. I'm curious. Like, does it bother you that they haven't brought in like a Brian Dable? I mean, they've met with Brian Dable, but we all saw what Josh Allen has become. But like an offensive mind like that, play calling experience like that, doesn't Justin Fields need something like that? He does, and if I would say, I would say this, this real quick on like Dan Quinn. What my experience working with Dan Quinn in Atlanta is, he lets the offensive coordinator do whatever the hell he wants. He is a, just a he. This is what you're doing on third down. Okay, cool. He is not a guy that nitpicks and micromanages the offensive side. So if Dan Quinn could get, and people want to work with Dan Quinn, like just because of his personality, yeah. he's fun to work for. They so he could get an attractive offensive guy. Then you get into the whole discussion of, well, the offense coordinator might leave in a couple of years, but guess what? If you have a star quarterback, it doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> he gets those guys' jobs. It's not the other way around. It's not the, it's that's just kind of how it works. Just like that's why we're talking about another Chiefs offensive coordinator potentially coming here. <laughs> it's because that's what good quarterbacks do. They get guys' jobs. But that is it, it's just a skill set thing. It, it's I I there's a specific type of offense I want to see with Justin Fields and that's just pushing the ball old school type of offense like if you uh, you guys a lot of Bears fans probably remember my dad's old teams in the early 2000s where it was just down the field and then check it down down the field check it down <laughs> and that's why it is a little worrisome that maybe it's not the dabbles of the world that have come in and really been the emphasis like hey let's just get the hot offensive guy figure out the defensive side we have enough talent that we make them look competent and really just emphasize what the quarterback is I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. That is a little worrisome because we have talked about on the show several times is that Fields is the priority. Emphasizing and building around him and making that side of the ball look good is the, should be the priority. It's just that which defensive coordinator, if they're looking at that side of the ball, comes in, they got to be willing to like get an offensive guy that emphasizes what Justin Fields wants to do. So it's like no matter what, it's like that offensive hire has to be nailed. And I, whether it's Dan Quinn, whether it's another defensive guy that's been rumored a little bit, I think Leslie Frazier was getting some talks too. They have to nail the offense coordinator pick. And I know that's not an obvious types of thing or obvious statement to make, but it is a little bit like, well, what, don't you want to get an offensive guy to make this look as best as possible? But I think maybe the Nagy experience has a, they're like a little trepidatious a little bit. <laughs> so like just tab another offensive guru to come lead the team. So let me ask you this, Nate, as you're following all this with multiple different teams looking for head coaches, I mean, what would you do? I, I mean, are, are there, is there a candidate that like, regardless of who the Bears finalists are, like, what would you do? Isn't it funny with this, this, there's so many openings and I would say this is the year I, people have asked me this several times and I'm like, I don't know who I like as a candidate this year. The like Dan Quinn, I could talk myself into just cause I know at least He'll bring a positive vibe to the team, and it's not going to be insufferable. I think the Falcon stuff is a little overblown, just how the franchise is. It's it's a very – you feel that weight of the franchise even before the the Super Bowl experience. But that was just like as soon as that happened, the everything everyone had a bad taste in their mouth. Really, the guy, and just because of the offense he runs and maybe just going totally a different page is Byron Leftwich. And that would just be – his inexperience is worrisome. He's only been on one coaching tree. You know, I know he played around the league, and that is a little bit it scares me a little bit. But as far as the offense he runs, his be able to relate to players like just uh, Justin Fields. Hey, I play freaking quarterback in the league. I could talk you through this. 
I think that would be a real of this. I would at least be interesting. It would be an exciting hire to me, exciting in a way because you're also going, I don't know how this will work, but he would have to hire a nail a defensive coordinator. And I, I would also think with Leftwich is he number one emphasis should be to get a veteran QB coach just to help him with game plan ideas. Cause I would guess that he would kind of how Kyle Shanahan does it, kind of tab himself as an offense coordinator, hire a very a veteran offensive guy to help him out with just game planning, just take that load off of him and nail the defensive coordinator thing like Sean McVay did with Wade Phillips early on, so veteran D coordinator. But that's he at least has some upside to what he runs and what Justin Fields is good at. Like I could see that those ideas merging and being like a nice, really cool kind of synergy. I'm using a little buzzwords now. But uh, maybe the offensive line would need a little help if you're going to run that offense. <laughs> um, and honestly, other than that, it's not really sexy – like slate of candidates out there. I think the defenses this year swung back so hard. You got to look at some of these defensive coaches and see what they're thinking. I even, I'm interested in Everflus. I, I I'm interested because of what, how he's coached the last two years and adapted to what his guys are. It's like, okay, you, you see it. Like you are adapting. You're not just going, I'm running cover two. And this is what I run. It's no, he, especially this year, he evolved this defense throughout the year to what they can do, which I thought was really interesting. It's not like a star-studded cast. They have a couple of really nice players. Kenny Moore played really well this year. But he's interesting to me because some of these other guys are retreads. And so those are the two guys that really stand out to me. And then I've already mentioned Dan Quinn. And especially like you guys just mentioned that the Dable train might have already moved on. And to him, he's always an interesting candidate. But there's also some downsides to him as well. What do you remember about Jim Caldwell? Whether it's you know being the... The Ravens offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl year, the being a winning coach for the the Detroit Lions, like yeah. that's something. Like that, that that alone is like, oh, you won with the Lions, yeah, co- come on in. But he's also like Bill Polian's guy. Yeah, like that was his last hire with the Colts as head coach of the Colts. So uh, I'm just curious, what do you remember about Jim Caldwell? What do you think of his candidacy? Just he's a respectable, respected figure. Uh, whoever you ask, no one will ever say a bad bad word about Jim Caldwell, and. He's also one of those guys that Peyton Manning is really, really tough on his coaches. <laughs> he he well he studies his ass off and he'd come to meetings and go, What did you what do you th- what'd you see on third down? And basically quiz you. Like, are you watching the same freaking film I am? And Caldwell would pass out with flying colors. And that's why he and just guys that have worked with him want to make him proud almost like he has that kind of air of authority to him and i know his sideline demeanor people have made fun of like bill simmons used to make fun of it and all that but he is a very intelligent smart respectable leader type of coach i wouldn't he would though be a true ceo type it it would i think it would he has offensive ideas he'll probably have some but he is a true like leader of men type of personality he'd bring maturity to the team thing is he's 67 so it's kind of a uh that's so it's so zigging when everyone else is zagging with the youth of the coaches it it would be a totally kind of this or totally different path to go down but he would always be a respectable coach i've heard stories about some of these things that coaches would have to hire as a head coach like uh we have an internship for this year okay just uh hire uh, the offense coordinator's younger brother or hire the offense coordinator's son what Caldwell would do, and this is just an anecdotal story story I've heard, was it would be like interviews, write letters, send film in. Every little task that he would have would be thorough. 
So it'd be a very detail-oriented approach. That's just how he is. He's very detail-oriented. And maybe on a team, especially if he has his thumb on the offense, that really struggled with details. Okay, that would be a breath of fresh air in some ways. It's just that who is his coordinator kind of tree that he's looking at? Yeah. Is he going to hire a young, like influential guy, or is he going to just hire some retreads? Is he going to hire Terrell Austin? Is he going to hire Jim Bob Cooter? Like, is, are those going to be his coordinators? That's the worrisome thing to me. But as a head coach, I actually, I think you can do worse. And I, I know that's not exciting to hear, but he is, he is going to bring some details and authority and respectfulness to the, like, to the franchise. I think that's the one good thing. He made the Lions look competent for four years. <laughs> they hired yeah. Patricia and they freaking nuked the whole team. So it's, he does some nice things. It's just that he, again, would have to, what coordinators is he looking at? Is it going to be some old lifers or is it going to be some new young energy? I want to go back to Dan Quinn for a second um, because I think Johns and I both think he's a major player in this thing. And what's as much as we want to keep talking about Justin Fields, because that is probably the huge, you know, the biggest piece of this puzzle for the next decade. Uh, I've also, you know, talked, tried to keep it in perspective that, if the Bears want to remain good or competitive, not that they're good, but competitive, they better keep this defense going. Yeah. So how do you think what the Bears have on defense, which there are some legitimate pieces there, um, how does that mesh with what Dan Quinn likes to do defensively? How do you think that would all work? Yeah, Quinn, DQ run, runs his stuff, which is a lot of single high. It's a lot of cover three, and it's a lot of man. And then some simple pressures. He actually has brought some cool stuff on pressure-wise this year. You need corners. <laughs> if you want to run that type of defense, you put a lot on the corners. And we saw you know, Trayvon Diggs, or you can go back and forth. Oh, my God, Twitter argues every day whether he should be an all-pro or, or not. Still a good player, still did stuff. But you need corners in this type of defense. If you if you think the Bears have corners, okay, I feel a lot better. As far as also the other way that this defense is built, is pass rush. And of course, that's with the Cowboys, but all those old Seahawks teams, they were just built on maybe not having one bona fide pass rusher like a Khalil Mack, but having five guys you can rotate and run all the games and do all this funky stuff. And that actually, I think the Bears kind of have, which is, you know, which is exciting. And he gets a little creative with how he moves guys around. But again, the emphasis would be on corners. If Dan Quinn's the coach, I bet you they're they're looking somewhere to try and find some, you know, to bump up those types of guys and also the safety play. That type of there's some similarities with what the Bears have run this past year, being and really with Fangio. Those that quarter shell and the cover three teams of the Seahawks of, of yesteryear, there's not there's differences, but there's a lot of similarities. Uh, as far as just they put more on the safeties there to be kind of even in the Seahawks old defense. It was really like, Hey, we have a box guy and we have a post guy. I say that's a big, huge difference. Some of the fronts are a little different, but really it's not that different for philosophy. Win with four move, move guys around on the front, but win with four up front and play coverage behind it and play softer coverage. That's softer, but harder to get over the top type of coverage. So there is a lot that translates, I think, uh, going from what the Bears have run to what Dan Quinn would like to run. Just a, l a lot, lot more true man types of coverages. I, I think that would be the big, big difference. Um, but really, I think it does translate, and it helps that there's a decent pass rush that he would come into. It's a hard defense. You need players. But luckily, the Bears have a couple. <laughs> so I, that that's one good thing. <laughs> I want to say that the Bears took Jalen Johnson one pick ahead of the Cowboys 
who took Diggs right after. In the I think it's exactly like that. Um, Ryan Poles is in town today. George McCaskey picked him up from the airport. Um, just in terms of like roster building and roster selection, personnel, you know, trying to win now, but looking at the future. If you're Ryan Poles and you're looking at the Vikings roster and you're Ryan Poles looking at the Bears roster, what do you do? What do you want? What intrigues you? Where do you go? Quarterback. Okay. That's that we go from there. I, I think that is the number one thing you look at. I have a young quarterback on a rookie contract. Okay, let's let's go, baby. Yeah. I think the Vikings right now have a more talented roster, but but they are you don't know what path you want to go on with that team. Are we reloading? Are we rebuilding? We're nuking the whole thing. Are we yeah, tearing it down to the studs? Are we just revamping and just changing the path that we're going on? That would be the interesting thing. I think they're pressed against the cap, but I think they'll be be fine in a year or two. Um, don't quote me on that, but I, I know I'm on the show right now, but <laughs> that's just off the top of my head. That's next month when I start worrying about cap situations when we do free agency shows with Robert. Then I'm then I'm looking on spot racket over the cap going, okay, okay, that's okay, yeah, okay, I got that. And then I become a cap expert for a week. Uh, but I think you start with the quarterback, and I think that's the the grandest appeal of what the Bears have right now. That's what makes them appealing. It's the Jaguars and Bears openings should be the most appealing openings for guys for for teams. The Jaguars one is because they have Trent Balky still sitting there, his corpse sitting in the office. So that's why no <laughs> no coaches are going there right now because otherwise that should be freaking go right there right now. But I think just that's what it is. I know that sounds simple. I know I always refer to Fields. We talk about him so much, but that really is it. We have a quarterback. We just saw this freaking Bills Chiefs game and just saw what these quarterbacks, these star quarterbacks can do with a team. Yes, they got more talent around them, but that's what Fields has that upside. <laughs> and he's so young. And it's, it's yeah, you never know what the mystery box is going to hold. But that's what I think is the appeal of it. So that's how I would look at it. Um, but again, the Vikings, I would say, overall do have more talented pieces, maybe a little younger in some areas. They have Justin Jefferson as well. Uh, okay, the line's not great. Uh, the running back, Dalvin Cook, you know, you know that could nuke any, any year. He's getting banged up now. They have some defensive pieces that are really nice, the Kendricks, the Bars, the, um, the Harrison Smiths, the, De- the, De- the Deal Hunters. But the Bears have some nice pieces as well, and they have the quarterback on a rookie contract. So let's talk about that quarterback. This is the last thing I have for you. But I find it kind of reassuring, but also like fascinating, the fact that – like. First glance, Justin Fields did not have a great rookie season. But the overwhelming opinion seems to be that he's going to be good. Like right. there like there was enough there that he's going to be okay. And that was not necessarily the case with Mitch Trubisky after his rookie season, which in a lot of ways went similarly where they're kind of had a coach that was probably yeah. getting fired and no one really knew what was going on and it wasn't necessarily handled well at the quarterback position. So, I mean, but it sounds like you feel the same way with, with Justin, that overall, despite all the things he went through, he's going to be okay. Yeah. At that Vikings game and at the end of the year, I think turned a lot of people onto him. Uh, I would say even his bad performances, say like the Bucks game, uh, if you want to call it bad. There are so many just glimmers of hope. Is he does things that you can't teach 
as far as eyes down the field. That's why we liked him. I, I mean, that's first time I ever came on the show, I think, and talking about him is that's why it was appealing to him. He has just that ability to make everyone better and not in a way it's like, oh, he's accurate with the ball like an Alex Smith. Like, oh, he's going to let you create some yards after the catch because he's accurate and does everything well. It's that creation ability. And Fields has it, and he's willing to take chances, which is something I've appreciated more and more with quarterback plays or quarterback play is the ability. It's almost it's the ability to just say f it and f- make a throw. And maybe this isn't the perfect read, but I'm going to gun this thing in there. You can see the bats or not, or why you want that when you watch a quarterback like a Jimmy G or you watch Ryan Tannehill. Fields has already has the potential already in a year to be better than that because he able to create so much out of structure. So we're talking all this offensive stuff and offense coordinator and scheme and everything. What good quarterbacks do is just make their scheme proof. They make that shit look good. And that's what Fields has. He made some of those plays that Nagy was running that weren't the greatest and made him operating so quickly. And so like and every week with Fields, he got better. I think that's what was so cool to watch with him. It was a mistake that he made the previous week. Okay, I'll get better at it. Against the Vi- I, I still always come back to that Vikings game because he was taking some bad sacks early. That's that's kind of what he is. He's a big game hunter. The Vikings game, he took, I think, two sacks, and he only had one of those where he was trying to do too much. And it's already in a, so already in his rookie year, he's showing improvement from trying to do that four times to maybe trying to do it once. And on top of it, it's all of his drops are getting tighter. Like he's his footwork is getting cl- quicker. And that's in the, the situation that he was in this last year with Chicago. Now imagine a support system that's like, hey, you're the guy. Hey, we're going to put all this stuff around you. And I think that's what's so exciting about Fields is he does the things you can't teach and the stuff that you can teach, he's improving upon. It, it, it was cool. I He was such a fun wa- watch to, to watch every week because of just – the shit he can do it's just his ceiling is just incredible it, it really is like he can make throws that not a lot of guys can make and i think that's why people are so excited is oh my god i can run whatever i want with this guy and he's gonna make me look good and i think that's what's got people excited about fields and i i'm i'm with it too i just think he has also has that attitude that toughness that radiates with the team the athleticism of course and i, I just yeah i think he just has that package that has that star power quality to him you hear that, Minnesota? You're out of luck. That's why Ryan Poles is hey, staying well, in Chicago. Well, but let's be real about that, though. The, the Vikings wanted Fields, and the Bears leapfrogged them. And now they might not get the GM they want because, because the Bears have the quarterback they wanted. Double whammy. And it's within the division. I mean, that's part of what's so fascinating about this. This whole hiring cycle is fascinating. Just... Also, not I've mentioned it 30 times on the show, but where the head coaches go, but then also the coordinators that go with them. And that's what's going to be so interesting to me because we're seeing more hybrid stuff where it's I'm going to uh, Brandon Staley going to the Chargers last year and he tabs Joe Lombardi, who he's never worked with before, never done anything with before as his offense coordinator. Shane Day is his QB coach, never worked with him before. We're seeing more of that. It's not just I'm going to hire the guy I know. It's so we're seeing more of this hybrid staff stuff. There's still some of the old boy network going on. Don't get me wrong. It's the NFL, but it's seeing that more hybrid of merging of ideas is really, really fascinating. That's why like the Harbaugh hire, if he does come back to the league, is going to be so fascinating because does he get the band back together? Does he Pep Hamilton turn down the, uh, uh, the Carolina offense coordinator uh, interview? Is that because he's waiting for Harbaugh to go somewhere? You know, is he bring Greg Roman? Does he, 
pay too much money to get Greg Roman from Baltimore? Does he get Fangio as his defensive coordinator, who's going to be one of the hottest guys on the market? It, it's talking about seventy year old man as the hottest guy in the market, so that's funny. But it's <laughs> but that's what's so fascinating. Those dominoes that are going to fall, just like you mentioned with the fields and the the GM stuff like that. It's just this offseason is going to be crazy, and also just the quarterback movement too. Yep. Well, uh, <laughs> Nate, we appreciate the time. I mean, that's part of why this. It, Honestly, the lack of movement so far is part of why it's fascinating. Like this whole thing has been, it's been so slow um, for all these teams and the bears are in the middle of that and we're just keep waiting for it to pick up. So we'll see if, uh, if that happens here the next few days. But I'll be I'll be following your Twitter page. <laughs> all right, we will be following you as well at Nate underscore Tice on Twitter. Again, check out the Athletics Football Show. You should be listening to it. So much good content coming out of there with the playoffs going on, and that will continue over the coming weeks. Nate, appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Nate. Thanks for having me on. All right, well, great stuff from both of the Nates in this episode. Uh, appreciate the insight from both of them, Johnsy. Any final thoughts? My prediction. I'll give you my prediction. It's going to be Ryan Poles and Dan Quinn. Anyway, uh, who cares? <laughs> Thanks, Bob. The uh, I've been soliciting GIF reactions to possible head coaching hires on Twitter. The Jim Caldwell ones are just like absolutely no thanks, like down the list. Um... Dan Quinn's a little bit more like, uh, okay, fine. Um, actually, I'm okay with Dan Quinn. I, I, some of the things you heard from Tyson there, like there was some good stuff, some very promising stuff going on in Atlanta. Those first couple of seasons, even after the Super Bowl thing, like they were, they went to the playoffs. They won a playoff game the next year on the road against the Rams. Um, and they had some other issues there. We can get into that maybe in the next episode if it does end up being what you're predicting here. Um, and we might be coming back here soon. Like, I don't know. We might have a live episode tonight on the GM. But we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns for all of the latest. And um, read us, NBCSportsChicago.com, myself. Johnsy's on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go read all the coverage on these guys. You can also check out Nate Taylor there uh, and all the Chiefs coverage. Yeah. YouTube. Check us out. Hit those notification buttons if you want to find out when we go live. We will certainly try to communicate that as best as possible. We are out of here. We'll see if the Bears have a GM soon. See ya. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.